this. This is a special month. Um, Megan, our lead administrator, text um, our uh, chat feed, the directional team chat feed. Uh, I think it was yesterday, just reminding us that um, uh, our mo- I call them the moving team because the church has grown, but our moving team moved here uh, in May of 2016. We converged from different states across the nation and um, just on faith and a lot of tenacity and excitement and grit. And uh, we started to host interest meetings in June over the uh, Boer Park Activity Center right across the street there. And, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been six years since the move. And um, I was thinking, man, if I'm going to move from my mom and, and our dad and, and, you know, everyone we're connected with, every opportunity that's before us, I think it's, it's important that we choose excellence over average. It was vital that we chose excellence over average as we um, seeing that sign for maybe the second time because we had visited here in 2015. But the sign of Rockville and Baltimore as you're going down 270, it became more real that um, this vision and this dream was going to be something that we were really pursuing. Like it was no turning back, you know, after that. And so there's a need to choose excellence. Someone say excellence. Excellence. It's a need to choose excellence over average. And simply put, when we moved here, um, I carry these, uh, these three truths, and I want them to get deep inside your heart because you're a part of the family now. And um, the more collective our faith is, the more powerful it can be. And so, number one, the, the future is big. Just believing that the future is big. We're a note-taking church, so um, go ahead and take out your notepads and your phones. The future is big. And remembering that the church makes up every individual believer. We make up the church. So not just the building or the name of the church or the brand of the church, but you and I, we make up the church. If you're a follower of Christ, the future is big for you. It is huge. It's time for you to start thinking in that way about your life. Start to see again. A lot of you guys drop dreams when the pandemic happened. God didn't tell you to drop them. You dropped them. You're you're watching too much news. It's time for you to pick those things back up. Come on now. The future is the future is big. And so, yeah, I'm excited about 20 baptisms or so today. But um, I know one day in the future, we're going to be baptizing a lot of hundreds of people on a given Sunday. It's going to be great. Number two, I held on to this truth until this day is that the future is better. The future is better. It's not worse. Contrary to what what we hear on the news and what we read, fear everywhere, doubt everywhere, the devil's everywhere. My Bible leads me to believe that the future is better. And if you cheat a little bit and going over to Revelations, we win when Christ comes back. So why do we pout and poot and do all that? You know, a lot of believers walk around like they're sucking on lemons all day just... Just straighten your face out. And so the future is better. Someone say better. better. It's better, man. And I believe that when Jesus was in the world, you can, you can look at the Gospels, but just these are a few, few things he envisioned about the church. And, and he left almost 2,000 years ago, and we're still here. But he saw the church, write this down, as a place of healing, a place of strength, and a place of clarity. A place of healing, strength, and clarity. 
And so I'm just excited about the future of our church in the capital C, the capital C church. And then number three, the future is beyond our imagination. It's beyond anything that you can imagine. It's the best thing going. The best thing going. Rome fell. The church is still here. Tesla will fall. The church will be here. Apple will fall. The church will be here. (laughs) We're excited about the wrong things in this life. Lord Jesus, we serve a God who rose. Mm. And um, I won't end on it. I don't know about you. And so um, 1 Corinthians 2 says this, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, watch this, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. So therefore, we are committed to excellence. So God is going to do his part, but we have a part to do. And I don't, maybe it's the older I get in my faith, but let me just help you, give you pro tip, because some of you are very new to the faith. You have to understand that there's a God part. God, his promises, I mean, you got to get into the word to figure them out. It's over 7,000 for your life. It's a lot of them. Um, God is going to do his part. But Pastor Chow, maybe about a year ago, I really discovered that I have a part to play. I got a big part to play in what God does in my life. And so I got to choose excellence. Someone say excellence. excellence. So this series, The Winning Team, if you're taking notes, is about an excellent church. An excellent church. And doesn't America need a little bit of excellence? Man, I can't order a number two no more without something missing. As for a medium fry, no salt. I get a small bag of salt. No fries. It's small and it's salt. I'm like, what? And then Chick-fil-A is coming to this stuff, man. It's like, where's the hope of Chick-fil-A? We in trouble. As for barbecue. Gave me Polynesian. Chick-fil-A. I don't know. Just someone say excellence. Excellence. We got to stop cutting corners. We got to stop asking God for big things, but we go small. Someone say excellence. Excellence is this is out. It means outstanding greatness or the very best. And I don't know about you, but I, I want to pastor excellent people. I want to do life with excellent people. I, I, want, I want this church to be filled with excellent moms and Good. excellent fathers, yes. Yes. excellent spouses, excellent students, excellent leaders. Um, so what does this look like in real time? If you're a student in, in your middle school, high school, um, high school, and your parents haven't, um, you know, you know, make you, you know, get a job and, and help pay bills. There are different situations. But if, if you're just 
a student and, and you do an extracurricular activity, it's important that you, you put all into your studies. Like you, you give your best. You, you put all into your studies. If you play sports, you, you show up on time. You, you stay a little later to, to help the coach out, to, to clean up, to get some nuggets, get some feedback. Coach, what do you think about my game? Where, where can I improve? That's excellent. Someone say excellent. Excellence, man. Being excellent is not showing up on time, but being 15, 20 minutes ahead. And, and Jesus calls it going the second mile, staying a little bit later to, to clean up. Jesus said, if someone asks you for your shirt, give them your shirt and your coat. He was excellent. And because of his excellence, God gave him the name above all names. So, so there, is a, there is a route to greatness. And I don't know if we itch or we hunger enough for greatness anymore. And uh, I think it's because a lot of things are handed to us. Um, you DoorDash, uh, and we, we expect it to be there in 25 minutes. And I'm not against those things. I use those things, too. We Amazon, and it's there same day, next day. But that's not how life is. That, that, ask Abraham. Ask David. They, they had to wait. And while they were waiting, God was, God was training. God was developing. Ask Joseph, 13 years of training and developing and becoming excellent. Someone say excellent. And this is what I do know. I know this. Go ahead and write this down. Is that an excellent church is built by believers who pursue excellence in every area of their lives. An excellent church is built by believers who are pursuing excellence. Mm. Making up your bed and not, not, you know, your parents shouldn't have to tell you things three or four times. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be in your house today. I'm, I, I don't expect to be liked today. I didn't come for that. That's why I'm wearing black. I'm ready to didn't expect to be liked. But it's um, excellence. Someone say excellence. excellence. It's vital. It's vital. And so today I want to talk about um, King Solomon a little bit. We're not going to hang a lot with King Solomon just to intro this thought. But King Solomon, if you're taking notes, was the richest and wisest man to ever live. He was the son of King David, and God promised King David that someone would sit on his throne forever. And what that was, was that was a messianic prophecy about Jesus, because Jesus came through the line of King David. And we know right now that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of our Heavenly Father, and he's still reigning on the throne. And so God is faithful. When he makes a promise, he's going to do it. But in the interim, God was setting up Solomon and Solomon's son and so on and so forth. And so when Solomon took reign as a leader, um, God visited him in a vision. Someone say vision. And Solomon was getting everything ready for his kingdom. And uh, we're going to pick it up here. First Kings chapter three. Go ahead and join me. Verse three. It says Solomon loved the Lord and followed the decrees of his father, David. Except that Solomon too offered sacrifices and burned incense at the local places of worship. Here it is, verse 4. The most important of these places of worship was at Gibeon. So the king went there and sacrificed 1,000 burnt offerings. Now, this, this right here is monetary. 
the 1,000 burnt offerings. We're going to be talking about that in a few weeks. An excellent church is a generous church. That's right. An excellent church is, is a church that puts God's first in their finances. So right. we're going to be teaching on the principle of the tithe here in a few weeks. But it says this here, that night after the offering, <laughs> it's such a great pickup. I picked that up when I was studying. After he gave this offering, it says this here, that night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and God said, what do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. Wow, what if, man, if God did that, oof, I'd be tempted to. But I love Solomon. Let's follow his example. Solomon replied, you show great and faithful love to your servant, my father, David, because he was honest, true, and faithful to you. And you have continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O oh Lord, my God, you have made me king instead of my father, David. Here it is. But I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. So I'm, I'm inexperienced. Um, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of things that David did and it's passing on into my reign. Like, I don't know how to lead these people. So he was humble enough to admit like, Lord, I need you. Yeah. I, I need you. And it says this here. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous, they cannot be counted. Give me, here it is, this is what he asked for. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well, Jesus, and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. Someone say wisdom. So the Lord was pleased, like, wow, th this guy wants to, the, to know the difference between right and wrong. He doesn't want all this tangible stuff. He wants to serve me and serve the people, and, and he wants to know how to do it the right way. So God replied, because you asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has had or will ever have. And I will here it is. And I will also give you here it is what you did not ask for riches and fame. See, because you, you got you got your priorities right. I'm going to because your heart's right. I'm, I'm going to give you eventually what you really want. I know what you want. <laughs> That's why y'all laughing. God, like, I know you. I know what you want, but are your motives pure? And, and, and are you not asking for those things, but are you asking me to help you obey me? Are, 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 you, are, you, are you asking me to help you to trust me and, and to glorify me in, in everything that you do, I'm going to give you that. Or I, I, I'd argue with the Lord a little bit. I, I'd say as much because we know it all comes from you, Jesus. But, but uh, this is what I'd say. I like to think that if you are wise, these things are a result of wisdom. It's not as much that God gives them to you. He, he's promised them to you. So now the priority is living with wisdom. Making, okay, I don't want to dive too much into my points. Okay, I'll wait, Trevor. You're right, you're right. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I will give you long life. So, I found something right there. So, wisdom will get you things, but obedience 
will give you a full life. And I don't know about you, but I want them both. I want the blessings and I want to live to enjoy them. And, and obedience has to become sexy again. It has, it has to become that, that secret sauce that when people ask you, why are you so blessed? And you just say, it's obedience. And they're like, obedience? It has to be the secret sauce. It has to be it. Because to, to, to sin is to, is to miss everything that the Lord has for you. And so, so here it is. Going to write this down. Excellence is a byproduct of wisdom. It's a byproduct of, of wisdom. And wisdom, if you're taking notes, is clear direction on the best way forward. Yes. It's clear direction on the best way forward. Wisdom. Solomon was saying, I, I want to understand how to deal with people in situations. Give me clear discernment on the best way forward about my relationships, about my finances, about my health, about, you know, I need, I need direction. And I know if you'll give me direction, we'll be excellent. I'll be able to lead these people. So I want to give you four nuggets for excellence or four pieces of wisdom with regards to being excellent. Very practical message. Y'all okay? Number one, you got to clarify your priorities. I got to clarify my priorities. Mm. Things are moving faster now than they ever have. Faster. And I don't know if you've noticed, but something's always pulling at us. A situation, a, a bill, you know, a person, a, a sickness, an illness, bad news, good news. Something's always pulling at us right now. And what, what's happening is, is that we're slowly becoming victims of distraction. And, and to be distracted means to be pulled on every side. So back in ancient times, one way that they would execute people is that they would tie your limbs, tell the horses to go, and those horses would pull you apart. And in the spirit realm, because you, you do have a spiritual enemy. His name is Satan. His, the, his power is, is in suggestion. Or it's in distraction. Like, so God will call you to something or someone. And God is always very simple. God really only calls you to one or two things in any given season. I'll just be real with it. Last week, we defined that God has called you to, for the rest of your life, commit your life to build, commit yourself to building your life on God's word and commit to building the church. If you're confused about anything in life and you need guidance, that's two things right there. Build your life on the word of God, build the local church. And then everything else, Jesus said, will be added. Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added. So what did Solomon ask for? Wisdom. Wisdom to what? Lead your people. So, right, hold on. So, so Israel is your kingdom. I need wisdom to build your kingdom. So I need your word to build your kingdom. God said, okay, because you asked for my word, my guidance, my wisdom, and you're dedicated to building the Old Testament church, I'm going to give you all that stuff anyway. You don't got to be confused anymore. What's my purpose? Right. What do I work? That crap don't matter. Right. Come on. 
it doesn't matter. You're going to get a new job in a year anyway. You're going to move companies in a year anyway. It doesn't matter. Build your life on the word of God. Build the local church. Word of God, church. Word of God, church. Word of God, church. Word of God, church. 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 Word of God. None of that junk matters. And everything, uh, what you need, a husband, build the church. You need a wife, build the church. You need wisdom, word of God. You need wealth, word of God. You need discipline, build the church. You need to grow in your skills, build the church. Word of God, church. Word of God, church. It's very simple. But when our priorities are, I might go. I might. Now you want a meeting with the pastor. And we three months out. But had you did that a year ago and stayed consistent, we wouldn't have to fix a lot of crap because you, I'll be nice. We're victims of distraction. So, so this is the question you need to write down and ask yourself, what are the three most important things I need to do today? Write it down. Y'all looking at me, man. Write it down. What are the three most important things I need to do today? Because I get it. Pray and, and, and worship. And, but you go leave here and you, you don't know what to do with your life. Yeah, God is spiritual and, and he is super. Watch this. But he is natural. <laughs> can i preach like this i'd be scared so that's why i'll be back here sometime can i just can i just give you revelation he's super but he's natural why don't i have peace i went to church and i went to that group and i joined the team and where are your priorities <laughs> what are the three most important things i need to do today Get these things done because they matter. And I want to encourage you with this. Don't allow the urgent to become the emergent in your life. It's urgent, but does it need your attention now? Unless someone's dying, it's going to be okay. But what are the top three things? You, you, so this morning when I wrote my, my planner, um, three things today, y'all. Everything else has to submit to those. Everything else has to wait. Everything. So number one, 6 a.m. workout. Number two, I'm in church. Number three, I'm spending time with my family. Those are my top three. Everything else pales in comparison to me needing to do those things. Because I've come to find this out. Go ahead and write this down. Is that you're going to eventually get to it or it will work itself out. They'll be all right. They'll be all right. Are they, are they dead? Is it burning down? All right. It's fine. Well, baby, uh, Bill, uh, Bill, Bill. Yeah, babe. Bill Jr. needs $2,000 or they're going to put him in jail for 10 days. You know what Bill Sr. go say? Oh, well. Let him go. Is he dying? No, he ain't dying. All right, he all right. 
Because Bill Jr. wasn't in my top three. Bill, no, Bill Jr. Bill Jr. Bill ain't there. I'll see him when I see him. Right? Because I, I told Bill not to do it when he was younger. But Bill being stupid, so he need to go to jail. Y'all don't want this, man. But, but you, uh, Bill been wrecking your life all your adult life. You had that joker fresh out of high school. Bill been a trip. Don't let Bill tell you up. Here, here come babe again. Uh, Bill, Junior got a flat tire on 270. I, I taught Bill how to change a flat tire at 15. What? You get what I'm saying? Don't allow the urgent to become the emergent. You're being killed by distraction. And, and you're also being killed by a lack of discipline. Get my phone. Oh, it's been a long day. Uh, 9 p.m. 1 a.m. Man, I've been on this thing for four hours. I got to go to work. Lack of discipline. Then, then what? You show up tired. You show up ticked. Blaming the boss. Your priorities. Clarify them because it creates a, a positive domino effect on the rest of your day. Number two, time block my day. I got to time block my day. The Bible says this. This is so important. It's the word of God. This is the word of God. You build your life on this. So if, if the scripture says it, that's what you do. Watch this. It says there is an appointed time for everything. Watch this. And there is a time for every event under heaven. Someone say appointed. This simply means that when I, when I pull out my schedule, hopefully you have a planner or something. You need to employ these back into your life. They're so, uh, so effective. I need to hear this. Align my timing with God's timing. So th there's an appointed time for everything in every day. You got to time block it. Time blocking is creating moment by moment frames of your day. And I need to, you need to ask the Holy Spirit to breathe on your schedule. Stop being the boss of your schedule. You don't own your time. Give it back to the owner. And allow him to give you guidance for every moment of the day. Because your peace is locked in that. And if you'd allow him to guide you, Father, give me wisdom to lead your great people. Well, Solomon, I need you to do this on Monday between 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. Then I need you to do this between 10 and 12. The Holy Spirit will guide you if, if you allow him to. Grab a planner. And this is how you time block. Okay, when will this start and when will this end? Write it down. Write it down. Someone had the, uh, I would say, faith or boldness to, to actually ask, um, and I, I really appreciated this question. Um, they asked the other day, when, when you and Pastor Kyra start the process of buying your home, what did that look like? And so I told him, I said, well, <clears throat> in 2019, we wrote it out, our annual goals. And we wrote out all of our debt. 
and we, we, uh, we wrote out the amount. We debt snowball, meaning we started with the largest amount. Some people start with the smallest. I think if you start with the largest, you'll pay it all off quicker. We started with the largest amount, paid it off, rolled it over, rolled it over, paid off all of our debt. We wrote the whole year out, then we wrote out each quarter, then we wrote out each week, then we wrote out each day, each pay period. And we worked that plan, right? So what you got to do is if you have a yearly goal, you have to reverse engineer all the way to this current moment. Because it's not just going to, you're not just going to lead the people effectively, just thinking you're going to wing it. No, no. You need wisdom and you need to submit your, your time, your money, your body, your mind, all to the Holy Spirit. He'll begin to breathe on the plans that he actually gave you in the first place. You didn't come up with the plan to get out of debt. There's nothing in your flesh that wants to get out of debt. But the spirit of God says you'll be the head and not the tail. So it's really him that's giving you that desire to be free. And I want to encourage you, when you write it down, this is research, y'all. This is, this is awesome. When you write it down, you are 42% more likely to accomplish your goals when written. So that simply tells me that what you don't write, you don't get done. The Bible says, write the vision. That a runner may see and that it would be plain Though it lingers, it will be fulfilled. And that's where you need that discipline and self-control. You write that thing out, you feel like it's taking too long. Look, I know Highlight has started and it's off the ground, but Lord Jesus, we're five years old. The, the thing that the, where I thought we would have been year five, we are not. We are not. We're, we're not where I thought we would be when, 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 when we five, six years old. We're not. And you can blame it on a two-year pandemic, whatever. But guess what, y'all? I wrote it down. And, 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 and as, as, I'm, as I'm looking at those notebooks that I wrote about this church, God is actually doing it. Like, like hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I want to encourage you. Every prayer is being answered. Everything he promised is being answered. And it's because I, I wrote it and I've been working it and I've been dedicating my life to it. Now, same thing with you. You got to write it and you got to work it and you got to dedicate your life to it. It also says, science also says this, that when you write it and tell a friend, you're 78% more likely to accomplish it. So from, from two to four, I'm doing this. From 8 to 10 p.m., I'm doing this. Anything beyond my time block, I'm taking away from my focus, my mental bandwidth, and God has called you to move on to the next thing in your, in your life. And when you time block, write this down, you maximize your energy and focus. You maximize it. Number three, we got to start making the best decisions. Make the best decisions. Make the best decisions. Someone say decide. 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 When you go through this, the word of God. Someone say word of God. God. When you go through this and the people, there are times where David lost everything. Abraham lost everything. 
Joseph lost everything. Jesus himself was up against giants, unimaginable. Ruth, everything. These, these men and women were in situations just like you and me. But what they never lost, watch me, watch me, church. What they never lost was the power to decide. Because no one can take that away from you. Mom may be out. Dad may be out. They may have been physically present but emotionally absent, right? That affects you. But at a certain point, you have to decide. Someone say decide. Decide. To heal. To forgive. And you got to make the, if you're going to be excellent, you got to learn to make the best decisions. Watch this all the time. The best decisions. Why is this important, Pastor? Because the decision, watch this, is the bridge between potential and actual. It's the bridge between potential and actual. It's not what are they going to do for me. What is God going to do for me? He already did everything. He hung on the cross, gave the spirit. What it is, what are you deciding to do about your life. And so you have to make some decisions starting today. Because all of us are currently living in a situation that's the result of a past decision. So now that I know that, what am I deciding today that's going to create my tomorrow? Are y'all here? Is this... So, so what, when, I'm, when, when it comes to, to my health, my diet, my relationships, do I want to continue to entertain fools? Is everything always funny and I'm 38 still? Do I want to keep sleeping with someone I'm not married to? When God, when God has been clear, you know, do I want to keep spending beyond what I'm making and inviting that stress into my life? I need to make some decisions because decisions are seed for today that dictates the destiny that you reap tomorrow. So today, guys, today, not, not to, well, when I get to Monday, that was a good word. I got to process it. Got to listen to it again in the morning. I'm going to listen to it on podcast. You, you, we've, we're over-listened. Don't you know this? We've, we've over-listened. We're over-motivated. We're over-informed. It's time to make some decisions about you and Jesus and about you and God. It's time to make the right decisions decisions so God can start moving in your life oh yeah he all up in your grill today he he go be in the car he go be in the bathroom he go be in the shower with you he go be in the bed with you the Holy Spirit is all up in your grill this morning because he's tired of just forgiving you he's ready to bless you he's ready to move you forward he's all up in your junk right now and you can sit there with a tight booty all you want 
but you know when God is moving. You know when he's shifting you. It's time to move and make the right decisions. enough man God of grace he's a God of grace he's a God of grace it's enough I get it he is a God of grace but he didn't die for you to stay in sin to stay in mess he died for you to be free to be blessed to move forward he didn't die for you to stay in sin man make decisions and watch this how I feel or what I'm facing doesn't matter because when the dust settles guess what I got to get up I have to look in the mirror and I have to decide do I heal do I obey do I pursue excellence when everyone has turned their back when I get serious about my faith and I don't have any more friends you still have to decide What's that great song? Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. You have to decide. He died for you. He died for them too, but he died for you. You have to decide to stand out. Number four, establish routine. Oh yeah, I I pray God. I've been interceding for y'all that God would start messing you up. If, if you're not making the right decisions, that he would wake you up, that he would mess with your sleep, that would start messing with your finances. Paul says this. Paul says that you were sorrowful. He told the church in Corinth, he said, you were sorrowful. It broke your heart. He said, I'm glad it broke your heart. I'm glad you went through it because it brought you back to God. I, I pray he mess. If, you, if you're not honoring God, I pray he messes you up. So it brings you back to him. Yes, he's a God of grace. He shed his blood for you on the cross. But come on, what what do you want out of this life? Then he rose from the grave. He can do anything for you. Just trust him and obey him and get up every day with some intentionality and some fire and, and be, be the best at, at what he's given you and honor him where you are and watch him bless your life. You need to kick him. If he don't love God, get his butt out. You need to kick her. If she don't love God, get, come on church. Yeah, I know. I know. Get. Because they're blocking your blessing. Yeah. Come on. Come on. That's right. That's right. Establish routine. Good. Excellence is a result of routine. Yes, sir. Delete their names, delete their numbers. Yep. We got to raise our kids with standards too. I don't know why the Holy Spirit is breaking me from my notes. Jesus. For you parents and future parents, your kids don't run your house. They don't pay one bill. My, my kid like, oh, yep, yep. As soon as his butt gets home, 
Where's that phone? Put it on the counter. No arguments. Phone and watch on the counter. Go up there and play your game. Go outside and bat, throw, read, read a book. Right now, he's currently reading Proverbs 4. And then I'll have him um, write a report on a section. So he's going to be reading it tonight. And that <clears throat> Proverbs 4 is about the wisdom that a father passes on to a son. The Bible says, train them in the way that they should go. And when they are old, they shall not depart. And Moses says, tie this word to your wrist, put it on your forehead, put it on your heart. He said, talk about it as you go. Talk about it in the car. We're always talking about principles of the word. Standards. Someone say standards. standards. We're just free nilly. Hey, who, who are you? We want to be, to be, what, call yourself, whatever you want to call you. No. God, God has already given you an identity. This is who you are. I'm telling you, as Satan, the Bible says that when the enemy in Isaiah, when the enemy comes in like a flood, and that's what he's doing in our nation, he's coming in like a flood. Week after week, it's one thing after the other, and you never know when the next attack is going to happen, when the next whatever's going to break out. The Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, watch this, God raises up a standard. You know who that standard is? It's you. It's you. It ain't no hocus pocus gas wall. It's the church. It's the church. It's you who have been blessed with business acumen and teachers and doctors and, and leaders and coaches and moms and dads. It's you. And you use that gift to, to glorify Christ and to honor God and to get people to Jesus. He's the only answer. I'm going to finish my message. Establish routine. It says this, Jesus often, someone say often, often, withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Okay? This means time and time again, Jesus was a person of routine. I'll put to you like this. Jesus was a boring person. The people you look up to the most are very boring. Because they do the same thing all the time. Over and over. They just work it. They just work it. They just work it. I pray that you guys are here in 25 years. I'm going to still be doing this to you. Gray and handsome. But we're going to be bigger and we're going to be in different cities and we just work it. We just work it. He's been doing that for 25 years. Just ride with him. Just working it. I'm a very boring person. You got to be boring. These are four things I need you to do every week. Four things every day, any mixture of them. Write them down. I got plenty of time. I'm good. I want you to pray, read, write, and exercise. You need to talk to God. You need to read. You need to write. You need to exercise. What is your night routine? What is your morning routine? He's super and he's natural. What is your morning routine? I want, I want to, because this is what I've come to find out. This is going to add value to you, if your hearts. Win the night, win the day. 
win the night, win the day. You don't win the day in the morning. You win the day the night before. So dedicate your night to God. Learn to do that. I'm not saying pray and read the Bible. I'm, I'm just saying like calm down. So here it is. At nighttime, write this down. I want you to settle and rest. Put away electronics. And then in the morning, I want you to move and establish. Go outside. Take a brisk walk. Take a jog. Go, go to the gym. If you have your own home gym, get down there. 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning. Get, get to moving and then get established. Because church, if we are going to be a place of healing, strength, and clarity... We, we want to, we got to be strong. We got to be vessels. There's so, there's so much pain and hurt in this world. And they'll come to a little church like this to find the Lord. And I love what Paul said to Timothy. This ought to fire you up. Second Timothy. Because I ain't no wood. I ain't no stubble. I ain't no hay. Watch this. And neither are you. Here it is. In a wealthy home, hashtag the church. Some utensils are made of gold and silver. Someone say, that's me. And some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Your future is bright. But God is trying to see, are you preparing yourself for that honorable use? Not that common use. Everyone's doing that. Are you preparing yourself? You don't know if you're going to be United Nations or the White House. You don't know if you're going to be the next CEO or the next founder. You don't know. But prepare yourself. Because all it takes is one day one opportunity. Your silver and gold. 